listening to First Church Charlotte. Good evening. My name is Anthony Yanni. I'm part of the leadership team here at First Church Charlotte. It is an honor today to bring the word of the Lord to you. It's always an honor to be chosen to bring the word of the Lord. It's also an honor to have a pastor who believes in you. And my pastor believes in me and he believes in you too. Um, that's always a, a blessing to have a pastor like that. Today I want to talk to you guys about the power of a cup of water. The power of a cup of water. Peter preaches in the book of Acts chapter 2 and 3,000 souls are converted. Um, then again, Peter in Acts chapter 4 is with John and they heal a lame man. And then the Bible says that they begin to preach and 5,000 souls believed. So in two messages, in two chapters of the Bible, Peter preaches and 8,000 people believe. 8,000 people. It's difficult to wrap your mind around the idea that 8,000 people would believe the gospel in only two messages preached by the same person. In like manner, there's a, a man who enters the Bible in the book of Acts chapter 9. He's not a very well-known person. His name is Ananias. And when Ananias comes into the Bible in Acts chapter 9, he, he doesn't resist the forces of evil like some of the other apostles do. You know, those the forces that are trying to overtake the church or quench the fire of the church. He, he doesn't do that. He's, he's not in the Bible for that portion. Um, he doesn't preach and thousands of people believe. He He's not known as someone overly powerful in the word. And this is the only place you find him in scripture is in Acts chapter 9. And his only purpose in Acts chapter 9 was to have a private meeting. It's not even public. A private meeting. A private Bible study with one man. And that one man we know is the Apostle Paul who on his way to Damascus was struck uh, by a light and heard Jesus tell him to see Ananias in Damascus. And Ananias goes there and prays for Saul. He prays for him to receive his sight and then tells him to be baptized in Jesus' name. And that's the, the gist of what we get from the apostle from Ananias to the Apostle Paul. It's not a big role. But here he is stuck in the book of Acts, making it into the canon as a person who God trusted enough to speak to Paul and convert Paul. But his He's only recorded as one convert his whole life. That's all that's recorded in the Bible, is the one convert of the Apostle Paul. And he, he seems to have an insignificant role, right? And his one act resulting in that conversion of Paul is, is a far cry from the thousands of people that Peter's preaching to. It's a far cry from Peter preaching two sermons and 8,000 people are getting the Holy Ghost. And now there's Ananias who 
has a small, intimate Bible study with one person, and this one person receives the Holy Ghost and believes. There's another story found in the Bible in the book of Ezra where the Israelites had came back to Jerusalem and had begun to build the temple again. And when they had gotten the foundations laid, the young people in of Israel rejoiced and the old people of Israel wept. And this, this disturbed God so much that he speaks through the, through the prophet Zechariah. And in Zechariah 4, 9 through 10, he says that the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundations of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who dares despise the day of small things? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. Who dares despise the day of small things? Often we struggle with our mission and our purpose because I feel like, though we wouldn't admit it, a part of us despises the day of small things. We want everything that we do to be mighty. We want everything we do to be powerful. You know, we want people to talk about it and say, that was great, that was awesome, I loved that, that was so good. And we want to be Peter. And in our minds, we want to speak and thousands of people receive the Holy Ghost. We want to have that kind of ministry. Um, and when we go and perform whatever work it is we're trying to do, whether it's with children or whether it's actually speaking at a church and thousands of people don't come to the altar or seemingly nobody is moved, then we, we will tell ourselves then that if just one person, you know you've done this, I've done this, if just one person would be saved, that's all that matters. If this, if this affected one person in a positive way, then that's, that's all that'll matter. And I, I believe that that's true. I just believe that we use that as a way of coping with our perceived failure. We don't go into it believing that that's the mission. It doesn't matter how many people I reach, if I can just reach one. We always go in with an idea and a mindset that when we go in, it's going to be powerful. <laughs> and when it's not, and we feel like a failure, then we try and console ourselves with, if just one person. <laughs> I want you guys to imagine with me for a moment, just a moment, that there's a, you have this big tree in your backyard, an apple tree, an abnormally large apple tree, like let's say a 20 foot tall apple tree. I don't know if apple trees can get 20 feet, but I don't think I've ever seen one. So let's say it's a 20 foot tall apple tree. And you look and way up at the top of that apple tree, there's the biggest apple you've ever seen. And it's, it looks so ripe, it looks so succulent. And you, you want that apple. You know that apple is going to produce the best apple pie you have ever had. And so you say, I'm going to get that apple. 
So you go and you build a six foot ladder to try and reach the apple. And you climb up that ladder and you realize this isn't tall enough. And so you climb back down and you go back to your shed and you, you build yourself an eight foot ladder. And you bring it back out there and realize this isn't tall enough either. And you keep going back and adding to your ladder and bringing it out and adding to the ladder and bringing it out until finally you get yourself a ladder tall enough for you to reach that big, juicy, succulent apple. And you pluck that apple. But when you pluck that apple, it took you so long to build all of these ladders to get up there that that, that, that apple isn't quite as succulent as it used to be. It's not quite as ripe as it used to be. It's not bad, but it's not what it used to be. And then you look down at all of the other apples on the tree and realize they're all rotten and of no good. So you take your one apple and you make your pie and it's good, but it's not what you thought it would be. Now, I want you to imagine the same tree. And I want you to imagine the same apple up there and you see it and you say, I want that apple. Right? I want that apple way up there on this tree. But before you leave to go build your six foot ladder, you reach up and you start plucking all of the small apples that you can reach from the ground. Then you go build yourself a ladder and you come back with that ladder and you still can't reach it, but you realize now you can reach other apples. And so you pluck those apples and you take them down and you make pies with them and you build yourself a bigger ladder and you come back and you start plucking the apples with every ladder you build and bring back. You pluck what you can reach on your way to up the tree to that big apple. And you make pies with all of the apples that you pluck. And by the time you get to the big apple, You've plucked enough apples in their ripe state to make 10 pies instead of one. So you've made 10 succulent apple pies instead of just one because you did what you could with what you had and you planned and built towards the future. You had a plan. I'm going to get that apple and I'm going to build me a ladder to get that apple. But in the meantime, what can I do today? What can you do today? What is it that we can do with our work today? As we strive towards that apple, our mission, that, that idea that we have that would just be this epic fulfillment of purpose. What is it that we can do on our journey there? What am I trying to say? Not all of us are Peter. Some of us are very anointed, talented people who have Peter-like potential, but we're not Peter yet. But for those of us that aren't Peter, and for you who aren't Peter yet, we need to not just look at the big apple 
that we think will bring this grand prize to us. We need to start plucking the apples we can reach. We need to start looking and saying, what can I do today? How can I work today and still be effective? And do those things while planning and building towards the other apple. Don't think that because you aren't Peter, that you have nothing to offer the kingdom of God. Don't think that because you don't have the title, you don't have the microphone, or you don't have the leadership role, that you can't be effective in the work of God. Don't believe that you have nothing to offer because you feel like you are insignificant. Look for what you can do today. Ananias did what he could do. He isn't Peter. He only is known for converting one person, and that person was halfway converted already. (laughs) But he still showed up and did his part. What can I do? I can go teach Paul Bible study. And he helps convert Paul, and Paul becomes the author of the majority of the entire New Testament. Paul is known as being one of the most significant people in establishing core church doctrine or systematic doctrine of Christian church today. And only and he's the only person that we know of that Ananias converted. One person made a big difference. God can take the small things and turn them into something big and grand. And when you are willing to take what you can today while building, you'll have a much bigger effect. You have a much bigger influence in your world and in your society than if you focus only on the big and strive only for the big and forget about all of the small. One more story. David was depressed. He was exiled and he was yearning for a drink of water from a well at the gates of Bethlehem. And there were three men out of his group of men that were with him that heard him yearning for this cup of water and they broke through the enemy's camp to get all the way to this well at the gate of the city of Bethlehem and they got David a cup of water and brought it back to him. And David was so moved by it. He was so encouraged by it that he takes that cup of water and he pours it out as a drink offering before the Lord. He says, I'm not worthy of this. And those three men are cataloged in the chapters of the Bible in in 2 Samuel where it talks about David's mighty men. They're cataloged as one of David's mighty men. Not just one of David's mighty men. There are men in David's list of mighty men that slew lions in a pit on a snowy day. One man slew 300 men in one battle. They they have went against giants and defeated them. They, they have taken the enemy's own weapons and destroyed them. Mighty acts of valor. 
these men had. Amazing works that these men had. And yet the Bible says, none of those men attained to the level of the three who brought David a cup of water from the well at the city gate of the city of Bethlehem. None of them. We can't look past the power of a cup of water that we could give to someone in Jesus' name. What can you do today? What seemingly small thing can make all the difference in the world? How can you encourage somebody today? Do that. Wake up every morning and say, Lord, who can I encourage today? I'm not asked to preach today. I'm not being asked to do a Bible study today. I, I, I don't have the time to stand on the street corner and hand out flyers or hand out this or, or do whatever people in the church are doing. I can't do that today. What can you do? Well, I can encourage somebody. Start there. Go and encourage someone. And let that be as a cup of water that you give them and encourage someone every day so that you start to become known as an encourager. So you can become known as the man I know I can go to when I need to be encouraged. And see if God doesn't take your ability to look for someone to encourage and start building you a ministry that you can grow over time. Jesus tells us that even a cup of water given in Jesus' name won't lose its reward. He can take the small things and make something big out of it. He knows how to bless us when we feel like we don't have a lot to offer. What can you offer? Think about that kindness, gentleness, meekness, love, faith, encouragement. What can you give? Look at that and then ask God, show me somebody I can give this to today and be a blessing. Amen. I've written some notes down for you guys to to go over with your children. Parents, please go over these with your children. They need to hear you teaching the word. They need to hear your commitment to God. They, they have insights. Whenever I do this with my children, my children surprise me sometimes with their insights and their thoughts. Please sit down with them, do it. Go over it with them. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast 
and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.